fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
like to give his all. Like uh, the fans Charles hated is. him. He's won everything though. He won everything there. Why does he need to carry that on? He's already won all of the trophies he went there to win. Now the fans hate him. Now the manager hates him. The club hates him. Why should he bother? Yes, he's getting paid. But if they're just going to like abuse him all of the time, like he had stuff lobbed at his car when he left training, why would you play? I wouldn't. Screw it. Like, I'd just sit there and be like, I'm getting paid. Screw you. No. <laughs> he's coming back to Tottenham. He loves it here. He always said he wanted, like, he always said he wanted to come back possibly like later in his career. He's came back. The fans love him. The club loves him. Mourinho said so many times before he signed him that he loved him. Bale's going to be brilliant here. He's going to love it. Even, and even if he doesn't perform well, the first few games, the defenders are going to look at him like, right, who do I mark? Um, and it's going to leave one of those three is going to be in space most of the time because defenders aren't going to know which of the three to go to. And it's just, it's another option for us. And I think even if he wasn't as good as what he was for us before, he's still going to be better than Lucas Mora has been. Uh, Eric Lamella. Like, he's a definite improvement on them too. So it, it's a win-win for me. I'm sure the um, the virtual fans will go wild when he comes on the pitch for the first time. <laughs> but I will, um, I'll leave you one more thing about Bale before we move on. Um, obviously coming back and obviously he's got... Um, through his time at Tottenham, a loan move or whatever it might extend to in the future, um, he's got a chance to further his legacy in the Premier League. Um, where do you think Bell ranks amongst the greatest Premier League wingers of all time, considering the likes of Ronaldo, Giggs, Hazard, Perez, Lundberg, etc.? In that, uh, in that I conversation, don't, I don't think I can say he's the greatest. Um, no, like I, I, I would say Ronaldo is the greatest for me. Um, oh, undoubtedly. I I would put him. I don't know if I put him second, but he'd be in my top three. And I, like the reasoning behind this is, um, he, well, he was what he was. Um, what the third player in Premier League history to win the Young Player of the Year and the Player of the Year in the same year. Uh, for someone of his age, he was absolutely phenomenal. Like we'd only seen that from really Ronaldo beforehand in it like in the 2000s um there, there's no one else that really came near those those two as youngsters um I, it was it's fantastic to see, especially as a spurs fan because we don't really get to see talent like that that often uh especially at that point in time i'd kind of got used to mediocrity a little bit um and he kind of it, we he, when he first started coming through we had great players in the in the club and he kind of pushed us a little bit further um, but then you start to see the likes of Modric, of Van der Vaart leave. Our goals, our strikers kind of started getting a little bit less prolific. They were missing big chances. Um, but Bale was carrying it on. Um, you look at the, the game, sometimes we'd, the, the entire team would look boring. But every time Bale picked up that ball, you knew that something was going to come from it. He could be in his own half. He could be right outside the box. You you could just see a goal coming from it. I think Lewis can ad- admit this as well. He scored some absolute screamers in the time, especially against West Ham. Yeah, he did. To be fair, um, like the amount of times, <laughs> the amount of times it was like 90, 91 minutes, nil nil, one nil, or, so, or like one one. It's a draw. I like Bale just pops up out of nowhere and pops in like a thirty yard screamer. He did it so regularly and like so consistently. There's a reason that Madrid paid so much money for him at the time. Um, and 
obviously fans and stuff didn't like him there, but it's still gone well. Like every everyone classes Zidane as amazing for Real Madrid, but the numbers Bale's put through is considerably better. Uh, and people say he's been a flop there. So I I think he's still carried on as amazing. Granted, not as much the last year, but it's been clear that he hasn't put the effort in. Did you compare Bale to Zidane? No, no, I'm saying, no, it was more of a comparison of like people say he's not very good at Madrid, okay, but he's yeah, still yeah, yeah. banging in high numbers <laughs> more than fair. like someone that they class as amazing. That's oh. not a comparison. We move on from Bale to Ronaldo's former club, Man United. Looks a bit vulnerable in defence as they're embarrassed 3-1 by Crystal Palace on Saturday night. Both Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire seen off their game and maybe maybe more than most weeks to be fair. And that says a lot. Palace deserved the win despite the controversy that happened for Palace's second goal. VAR rewarded a penalty for a soft handball on Lindelof which was saved by De Gea all for VAR to intervene once again due to De Gea being slightly off his line. These come after the rule changes Two decisions that likely wouldn't have been given last season. Lewis, what do you make of both these calls? And are both rulings good for the Premier League going forward? Do you know what? I'm actually not too sure. Because, uh, first of all, I think both decisions were right as much as I hate them. Uh, I do think it was a penalty. And the fact is that De Gea was off his line. Like you could say, at the end of the day, if that, if that was like an offside situation... That would have been given as he would have been offside. So to have, even though what it was like two inches off his line, he's still off his line. I don't like it. I think it's very, very harsh. Two inches um, makes a big difference. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think both both are good calls. But I don't, I don't really like them personally. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously. They want to make it. I think for the like the second one for the Hayes, I think that's a keeper's going to be a lot more wary of it now because Hayes sort of been used as an example, and now every keeper's probably for penalties going to make sure they are on their line before where before they've just sort of been free to free to go off it and nothing. You don't really see without VAR without every ever that being called off unless a keeper went absolute miles of his line. I was going to say, especially after the um, Aston Villa Sheffield United game when. Um... Uh, Martinez uh, saved the penalty, Lundstrand's penalty, and the first thing they looked at was uh, like the commentators was, "Oh, is he on his line?" Like there was no, "That's a brilliant save straight away." Li- literally straight away was, "Always oh, is he off his line?" And it's just like it, it just takes that away from like how like the performance from the keeper was. It's just like I feel like everything now is just like let's not look at what they've done here. Let's look at whether VAR. Um, is going to intervene, and it's just like that. I don't know. I, it's go on. I I do feel like they are doing it for a real. I feel like they're listening to the fans from last year. Um, VAR was rather inconsistent last year, especially with handballs. Um, and I I think this could be them making it clear that they're not going to take any chances this year. Um, that things will be given and things will be stuck to the book very tightly. Um, if it keeps this consistency, I think I'll be all right with it. But if we start seeing things like a keeper coming off the line by that far again, and it's still allowed, I think that'll that'll make me question whether they've been they were doing it right at the start of the season. But if they keep this consistency up for the whole season of oh that's a handball, yeah. we're giving that. 
that's uh, he's off his line. We're giving that. Um, I think that would be good because because it, let's face it, it's been quite fun. We've seen so many penalties given this season already. This game week, we saw 44 goals, which is a record for the amount of goals scored in a Premier League game week ever. Uh, it, there's definitely more goals in the game at the minute because of stuff like this. So I'm not really going to complain unless they start being inconsistent with it. Yeah, mm. I think, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely, yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Especially, yeah, just the whole thing with um, consistency. The only thing I will say is that uh, there was the West Ham Arsenal game where West Ham should have had the penalty because uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, Ham, yeah, handballed it and it wasn't given. And they, but then there was the, the same one. It's the whole armpit roll, isn't it? Where that lines up. Yeah, did, yeah. They, I remember them discussing in the West Ham because the new rule is it's up to so you go to armpit and then straight across. So and this that's is where the line is. Yeah. So this is the thing is that it was until you said James that like about the specifics of these new rules, and I don't think a lot of other fans actually know that. I don't think they've actually uh, talked about it. Obviously, we're not like meant to be spoon fed all the new rules, but it would be nice for just like a bit of. Uh, clarity on on what on what it is the, there's always going to be complaints fans are never going to fully read the rules because like even they admit they they'll say they care but in reality they they don't they just want to watch football yeah <laughs> yeah yeah ultimately yeah as you say consistency is a thing and you've seen with the of one of the other rulings is the uh ref going to the monitor to help determine decisions i think that's something fans have been crying out for since the uh, start of last season. And um, certainly, I feel that's something, at least anyway, that has benefited. Oh, massively. Uh, for fans and, and the ref itself to have more control of the game. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah. I don't get why they didn't do that last year. No idea. But yeah, as, as you said, James, there was 44 goals in the game week um, this year. Record, unfortunately, Chelsea did not score any. Um but as uh, Chelsea fell to a 2 0 <laughs> defeat, where Sadio Mane put on an incredible show for the Reds, um, not to be topped though by Kepper's performance, because that was that was something else as well. I'm not going to go into that. If you want to hear my thoughts, <laughs> everyone else's thoughts about Kepper, we discussed that last week. Ain't getting into it. We move on. Um, <laughs> Arsenal left it late against West Ham with Eddie and Ketia grabbing the winner in the 85th minute, as the Gunners make it two wins from two. And Wolves let their chances rue against Manchester City as the, as the away side picked up all three points on Monday Night Football. This week begins the third round of the Carabao Cup as the Prem big boys begin to enter the competition. There's a bit more on the line this season with the winners qualifying for the first instalment of the new UEFA Europa Conference, aka new third European club tournament. I just want to hear from both you lads. Who's taken home the trophy this year? Will Man City regain their crown? Will Liverpool add to their record setting eight EFL trophies? Or maybe a mid-table team such as Crystal Palace or Southampton push on to help them achieve European football? So be, be honest, be don't be biased. I, I'm not I'm actually not being biased here. Um but I think it is something that Tottenham will be looking at. Um Mourinho wants a trophy. The players want a trophy. Yes, this isn't the greatest trophy, but it's still a trophy. Um, and we've added depth to our squad a little bit this season. Um, and there's rumours of some of some players that we won't ever play going out uh, and some players coming in. 
still, which shocks me after the window we've had. Um, but with a bit more depth, we, we can kind of play a stronger team in the Cup, uh, which is something that's let us down in recent years. Um, and like if we've got the big names, like, can you imagine you're drawing 70 minutes in, you've started your second team, you've got Son Kane Bale on the bench. Like, imagine just bringing on all three of those with like 20 minutes left. The, um, the Bale's injury problems, have you, has he really played in the EFL Cup? Is oh, he yeah. It depends on how much we you... trophy. If we, if we see we're not winning the Prem, we see we're not winning the FA Cup, we see we're not winning Europa, Mourinho's going to look at that Carabao and go, eh, yeah, go on. Well, to be fair, I don't know how much you're making it past at least the um, fourth round because that way, that is where you're oh, yeah, facing us. Yeah. But I, well, I do, yeah, I do that, agree. That, is, that's very true. It is something, um, you know, you haven't had a trophy in so long. So this is the first step, probably the, the easiest one essentially to win. So you might as well go and get that over and done with to help you push on further. Um, I'm sure as well in terms of the big teams, um, I'm trying to be a bias here, but yeah, Chelsea, Frank won his first trophy. Uh, United, Oli won his first trophy. I think I'm right in saying that. Oli hasn't won one yet. I would also say, um, along like the Spurs trying to get their first trophy in so long, I would also put Everton along that list. I think that'll also be one that they're going to want to go for. And also, I think Liverpool will proper give it a go because I think in Klopp's uh, terms now is that he's he's now like dominated Europe and the world if you want to include the Club World Cup whatever um, but he's only won the one English trophy which is the Premier League so I think he's now got to look at it and be like look I want to conquer England now and I think this this is going to be the kickstart of where um, I think he's going to try and get as many English trophies as well now uh, so I think see I, I don't I don't think Klopp will. I think Klopp will look at it's been so long that they'd want they hadn't won the pre, uh, first division Premier League title. They won it last year. They're not going to want to fall off from that. I think they're going to focus on the Prem again, try and get two in a row, so it shows that they're actually up there and not just a fluke. Um, and obviously, they're going to push Champions League because that tournament's always meant loads for them. I have a feeling he's going to leave the Carabao kind of behind again, like he did last year. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's true, but I I think. I think he does need to stat, put a stamp on on um, uh, the English English soil for trophies. So I, I personally think either uh, Liverpool, Everton, or Spurs. Everton and Spurs just because they want a trophy in so long. I like to think West Ham could go for it, but I don't think at the moment that is uh, <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, oh, maybe if they kept Grady yeah, doing Garner. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I don't. I'll throw one more team in the hat. Um, I mentioned, obviously, um, Wolves aren't a team that like to rotate a lot. And considering that the fact that you don't actually have Europa League football this year, um, that's going to help them. They might as well be able to play better players in the um, in the EFL tournament and might help push on to help getting European football for next year ahead, even if they don't qualify in the top six. But I will just mention as well, Man City's won yeah. this how many times in a row now? Yeah. That's yeah, at least at least it's yeah. two. They're probably going to go for three. Well, that, at least, that's the if it's not three already. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like for me, I look at the Carabao Cup as just like the teams that are like kind of lingering around mid-table to go for the trophies. Like even Leicester, you put them on the list for teams that'll go for it. Whereas when when you look at the FA Cup, you're thinking one of the big teams can win it. But it's when when you look at the Carabao Cup, it's just like it's a trophy that uh, like the mid-table. Teams that want to be going like up in uh, the football world—that's kind of like their benchmark trophy to get to 
to push on. So I can see um I can see yeah Wolves looking at that as well actually I think. This everyone says that I sound like you, which I'm deeply offended by. Do you think you sound like me? I don't think I sound like you, but the most important thing is I don't look like you. Thankfully, no one can see what I look like, but it's definitely more attractive than you. <laughs> Let's get to the main portion of the video. This idea I've taken from Cultholic straight to the Hell series, who had taken it previously from BBC's Room 101, to shout out both of those series. We each have three pet peeves we've taken from the beautiful game, whether that be playing, as a fan, on TV, etc. Anything that annoys you about football, as long as it's not specific about a player, club or company. Once one of us has said our pet peeves, the other two will decide they agree and if it should be sent to oblivion or it should remain in the game. James, let's see you out first. Alright, so based on the performance of Man City and Wolves tonight, I think this will be my first one that I bring up. And it, it is diving. Uh, diving should be nowhere near the sport. Like It's so annoying. Like Even when my like team does it, because Deli Ali did it quite a lot, um, it really annoys me. Um, I think refs should do more to kick down on it. Like, screw it. Like, if someone dives, give a penalty straight to the other team. I don't care. It <laughs> makes it more fun. People all stopped. I've just had enough of it. Like, you imagine you're in the other team's penalty area. You dive for a penalty, and they go, "Yeah, penalty for the other team." Brilliant. Don't all dive again. Yeah, it is cheating at the end of the day. I definitely agree. Like, it's ridiculous. I think. Uh... Uh, yeah, I think, well, I would go as far as give the other team a penalty, but I would say... No, that was more at, of a joke. At the end of the day, <laughs> like, it used to be, yeah, you get a yellow card. I remember when it when that got introduced like, a few years ago, and they, you don't see much of it, and yeah, I do no. agree. Uh, it is, it's blatant cheating. It's it's awful. Like, if you're cheating and you, you save a, uh, something on the goal line, you get sent off for that. Why can't you, if you're cheating to get a goal, why why can't you be sent off for that as well? Well, this is the thing. I don't know how, I don't know how players can think they can get away with it nowadays when there's cameras dotted around every single part of the stadium, and you just see like it's even when someone gets like tap, tapped on the shoulder and they're holding their head. It's just like why? Like you're just making yourself look like a mug. Oh yeah, go go. I don't think any of us has actually mentioned this, but yeah, like play acting and stuff like that is yeah. Just for the sake of getting hit once and trying to make it into, you know, you being hit by a freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand it. Like, the players are rolling around for like five minutes afterwards trying to get a player that yellow card. It's like, do you realize there's cameras? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, you got, you got diving. What are you over to? Uh, my second. I feel like that's one quite a good popular. My, my second one uh, is. I think it's really unfair, this one, that attackers get more recognition than defenders. Uh, it's changed a little bit recently because obviously Van Dijk came third in the Ballon d'Or. Um, but just one player in, what, like 10 years? Um, they, they don't really get recognised. You could have a nil-nil till 90 minutes. A defender could have cleared something off the line like three times. Uh, made like four last ditch tackles and be like the player of the game and then the striker goes scores a tap in in the 93rd minute and the striker will get man of the match like it, it's you know, no one really cares about the defenders I think it's it's a lot harder than people think it is I think for sure they get deserve more credit than they do defenders both centre backs and full backs even though full backs are starting to get more than they certainly used to 
10, 20 years but ago. But it's only the full the fullbacks that get Very it fine. are only ones that bomb forward all of the time. So the, the great one for this yeah. is everyone thinks Wan-Bissaka is awful, but he comes out with one of the best defensive stats in the league like last season. Like He was fantastic, but because he can't cross a ball consistently, he's terrible at his job. He shouldn't be in the team. To be fair, uh, just going on the whole um, kind of centre-backs thing, I, I do agree with your point, James, by the way, but there's not really many class centre-backs in the game right now, so maybe that's why they're not getting that much recognition. No, no, that, that's very true. But, so, yeah, Harry Maguire's like this. Harry Maguire could put in a great performance, <laughs> he, he, and everyone would still slate him. Um, no matter how good a performance he would put in, everyone would still slate him. But if Marcus Rashford did that, not a chance. Like, everyone would be like, oh, but it's Marcus Rashford. He's such a good guy. He'll have a great game next game. Harry Maguire has a bad game. And they're like, ah, oh, drop him. We don't want to see him in the team ever again. I think it's, I think it's just because I think the consequences are worse as, as a defender. I think, obviously, it's goalkeepers as well. Like, when De Gea used to be class, he'd make a mistake and everyone would know about the mistake. I think it's just the consequences that might put him into that bracket. Yeah, but, yeah, but then they're not recognised for the good performances either, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Compared to attackers, attackers can go out and have their performance praised due to their own individual accolades, like go and score a hat-trick or just one, two goals and help change people's opinions about you. Whereas defenders, someone like Maguire, he needs to get the team success. He needs to start winning trophies as part of that to maybe get people to realise, oh, you know what, Maguire was a big part of this. He was a big big time player and that's the reason why we won this um, cup or league or they better not win the league but um, you know you know what I'm saying it's more yeah, yeah. about team success and how they do rather than rather than what attackers do we've got diving um, praising attackers more than defenders um, James what's your favorite? Uh number three is the media bias specifically Sky because they're the worst for it towards the original top four Um yeah, they were amazing at the time. Yes, they pull in a lot of money. But let's face it, none of us really care about Arsenal anymore. Man U, we don't really care about as much anymore. It's a good laugh to laugh at them. But <laughs> why do you have to pump up? They're playing bottom of the league. We wouldn't We wouldn't care. Don't pump that up and put that as Super Sunday. It's just barely a Sunday. We don't care. Uh, we're more interested in, like, I'd rather watch Wolves. I'd rather hear about Wolves, Leicester, Everton. No, we have to listen to, like, the old crap about Man U and Liverpool every yes Liverpool are amazing we get that why Man U like why are we hearing about them all of the time why are we hearing about Arsenal all the time it was the same for Chelsea when they were having bad seasons it, it, how about we just start praising the big teams given the praising the small teams giving the smaller teams some more coverage no one apart from the big teams fans really cares about them anymore like Liverpool the exception because everyone wants to watch them and same with Man City now, but they're not an original top four. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it does get a bit of a joke when they're when they're putting on stuff like uh, May Night v Burnley or something. It's just I don't I don't want to watch that. It's just, it's just not. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, this is obviously before um, we've obviously been in at the COVID games, and pretty much every game is on TV now. Whereas obviously before you'd have you know your four yeah. four games a week, whatever it would be. That'd be broadcast out of the ten, but it's still like it now. Like every single game, you go to watch it, and it's like, oh, we've got Man U on tomorrow. Yeah, before the game, at halftime, after the game, I don't care. But I'll know it's the four games that come before that. 
Alright, so let's go through them. We decide between me and Lewis, are we gonna send them to Oblivion or are we gonna or are we gonna keep them as they are? So I feel this is quite an obvious one. Diving. I feel like we're both in the same way. No one likes diving. Yeah, send it. Send it. Do what you want with it. Yeah, anyway. Um praising defenders as much as attackers. Is that something you feel you strongly agree on or because for me um, it's like I get like I'm from coming from my football background I was defender and you know I certainly want you know get more praise get uh, get as much praise as what the attackers do but at the end of the day goals are what win your games and you can send the argument that defending goals as well is just as important the goals are the ones that are going to make headlines and if yeah. you're the one scoring it you is the way it is and you probably should deserve the praise I think keep it lingering about, but it could end up going if it if it yeah, James so, even more. <laughs> we're still it, we're still it, but we're not we're not quite saying it to oblivion just yet. And then finally, the media bias towards the top four. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. See, this is where I'm a bit indecisive as well because because oh, you're no, a Chelsea no, supporter. No, no, no. Oh, no. Scam, scam. <laughs> I mean, I get it from a point of, you know, obviously I hate seeing, you know, Liverpool being advertised all the time and that. But at the end of the day, who's who's got the biggest, bigger fan bases, the the bigger clubs to the games and stuff like that. It's going to bring in the biggest audiences. Um, so it does kind of make sense. But yeah. although it's a good point, is that the only thing is, is that the only way the other teams could maybe get to the other clubs' is status is by getting the TV Views yeah, I agree. That they don't currently have. No, but you all know the real reason. That's why you got to get a Saudi or Russian or whatever you need owner. <laughs> well, pump yeah. billions into the club. Uh, that's how you do it. Or you, or you take twenty years to build a stadium and training ground, and then eventually just buy back a player that you or loan back a player that you'd sold as your record sale seven years ago. But uh, all right, so if we go, we go from yeah. So diving's gone, attacking more, um, getting the same praises. We're keeping it on edge, but we're not chucking it yet, and. As we've we've gone for different points, I will sort of, I, I do get it, so I'm happy to throw it into oblivion with you, as well. Happy to Good. agree with that. Um, Lewis, you got three. Let's hear him. Okay, uh, so this one is is always annoyed me really, and I, I've never really quite understood it, and I don't actually know if if either of you two know how long it's been going on for. That I'd like to know. Um, but the FA Cup semi final was being played at Wembley. I've never understood it. I don't know why it happens. Um, should, like the Wembley should be a special occasion for the final. I don't get why it's played in the semi. I, I just, I just don't understand. I fully it. agree. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's just so stupid. Yeah, you've gone all that way. I mean, I mean you could say with with that you got. Yeah, you Actually, got the no, smaller teams. You could got the smaller teams. It might be good for them, but. No, <laughs> just shouldn't happen. All right, you got you got so FA Cup semi finals. Yep, and then uh, so I've also got uh, this is mainly for the Champions League finals, really. Um, about the high percentage of uh, corporate tickets. So uh, I had a look um, last year, last year, uh, yeah, last year's final, and it was a sixty-three and a half thousand capacity. And uh, there was 34,000 fans, so 17,000 for each fan base tickets, 4,000 neutrals, and the 42,500 
were still corporate tickets. And I'll, that's just absolutely... I can't. I don't know what to say about that. I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. That is crazy. You know, you you want your fans to hear he's chanting yourself through that. Yeah. You've been there for every single game, but then sometimes getting tickets to the actual final itself is it's too hard. Yeah. Or you and they and, and it, the ones they do, they bump up the prices so you can't even afford it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got a fit of, of, of teams like or capacity stadiums like uh Liverpool, Man United, if they got to the Champions League final, Barcelona, Real Madrid. They've all got massive stadiums. Then to go if say they got to the final last year. 17,000 of them can go. Oh, it's, it's not, the Europa League was even worse, wasn't it? That's what I mean. It, it's just, I'd never, oh, it just annoys me just thinking about it now. It's, they need to change it, I think, because the whole point is that the fans have come every game and uh, they're being kind of denied the opportunity to yeah. support, their, support their team in the final. I, I agree. And, um, my final one, uh, which oh, is actually being a ga- no, 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 it's not. It's not the West Ham owners because I wasn't allowed. But yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's being uh, being told to sit down in a football stadium. Uh, I went to I went to one of Arsenal's games is a couple of years ago. I went there twice in uh, um, in a season, and the first game. Uh, the stewards told a fan to sit down. I thought at the time I was thinking, oh, must just be a fan being a goon or whatever. Went there again. No, they do actually have rules where they have to sit down. And I'm pretty sure I saw it on Chelsea, uh, in Chelsea Stadium as well. I don't know if that's true, Dino. But um, yeah, fans being told to sit down. In the yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Because obviously they, they got rid of like the standing because of everything that happened with Hillsborough. But then... If you're in your seating area, you've got that area to yourself. You're not going to be overcrowded because you can only get in if you bought a ticket to a seat. Um, so you've got that space. Like, I don't get the issue. Also, some fans would like this as well. Like, I was at a Spurs game. It was a Champions League game. Um, and everyone was stood up, bar the guy behind me. I stood up to celebrate a goal, to bear this in mind as well. This was like one minute remaining. We'd just scored with like the last minute. I stood up, celebrated, and then I just stood up to watch the rest of the game because everyone else was stood up. Um, so if I had sat down, I wouldn't have been able to see. This guy just t- like kept just, like hitting me on the back, not properly, obviously, like, but, like tapping me on the back, just like, can you sit down? And I'm like, no, stand up. Like Everyone in front of me stood up. I can't see if I sit down. He's like, yeah, but I can't see. And I'm like, well, it's not my problem. Stand up. I'm standing I'll to really, get past I'll this. Really do, I'll... I'm not going to pass down I'll the really... line going, sit down, mate. No, oh, no. James, James, can I just clear this up? Can we just clear this up? Was the guy in a wheelchair? No, yeah. no. <laughs> he, he was about my <laughs> age. Make sure he was like my age as well. Like he wasn't even. Oh, like, I've got knee problems. I don't want to stand up. But like, are we? Um, uh, we judging by your actual age or hairline? Uh, we, we're going by actual age. <laughs> you just know, thank you very in. much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we got. Going to Wembley for the FA Cup semi-finals, corporate tickets um, for finals as well, and standing up. So we'll go through you. So FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley. Yeah. What do you think, James? Been it. Yeah, I, I do. I kind of get a little bit for smaller teams, but it makes it more special to get to the final and then be at Wembley. So I'm, I would agree with that. Throw into oblivion. 
uh, corporate tickets. I think it's an easy. Yeah, yeah, same there, same well. there. Gotta have, um, gotta get your fans in the stadium. They can't be selling out. I get it to an extent, but not to the have a minute. What the percentage is usually incredibly high. Maybe a small percentage. That does make sense, but you know, not what it is. Yeah. And um, standing in football games, um, obviously something that doesn't really affect Josh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's slight, slightly wise, not <laughs> maybe something they could do is have, have seated areas, um, so that there are like right at the front of the pitch. Just it, obviously, you've got people with disabilities that aren't going to be able to stand. Have seated areas, uh, but don't have it for the whole stadium. So, hmm. I think it depends where you sit. Obviously, like sometimes with it. Um... Like going from like Chelsea point of view, you have like a like a, the family stand, yeah, which, have, which yeah. is the Eve stand, which you know you if you sit there, you're generally considered apart from you know when it's like a big chance or you're celebrating a goal um, to sit down. Yeah. Whereas you got the Matthew Harden stand lower, which is one I usually go into when I go to Chelsea games, where it there is seating, but everyone just stands the whole time from the uh, first whistle to the last whistle. Oh, he's trying to big up the Chelsea atmosphere, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah, but he, he's not. He's not saying that half of them are just people who thought that they were going to a Man U game. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Come on, dude. That's Sandy more the family <laughs> stand. Anyway. That's where you get your get your tourists. Oh yeah, uh, 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 ours is just for the faithful. Like you, you go. There's genuinely. I think there's more. Young Minson fans and there are Spurs fans at the Spurs Stadium nowadays. Well, not nowadays, but no standing in football. I feel you've been that as well. Go to Olivia. Yeah, yeah. But you get agree. to the extent of different areas in the stadium. Yeah. All three ideas for Lewis have been binned into Oblivion. Let's see what mine are and see if we send them on to Oblivion as well. Um, first of all, this is one for both watching as a fan, but as a player as well playing a game, um, a lack of playing to the whistle. Obviously, this comes without with the AR, oh. without the AR, stuff like offsides and that, and just and just stopping the game when you think it's a foul. Carry on, keep going until the final whistle. That's the way everyone should play. Don't put your hand up expecting the offside to come um, until it is. Until you, so many mistakes, so many times you see goals happen through that. You that you concede. Um, I just, I just don't get it. How you can just play yeah. if you play to the final whistle, nothing can go wrong. You give it your. I agree so but. much. Ster- Do you know what Sterling is one of the worst for it? He does it a lot, and the amount of times he could actually get up and because Man City will win a ball back straight away, and he does it a lot. I don't know why he doesn't play to the whistle when he should. Mm. And even when that sort of sometimes a moment's over, you, you still like, like see a change of attitude with players sometimes, like Sterling, other players as well. Um, who just get annoyed and trying to complain to the referee and trying to get their attention while it's all happening um, and just start sulking because of it because they haven't got their way um, Yeah, have a decision. Yeah, it, it's it's annoying. That's one. Number two, it's something we actually talked about in the group chat the other day in a sort of sense and I was, in a way, slightly defending this but in a whole, it's a big issue for me and that is bias commentary. Particularly, well, particularly you see it through Sky, BT, um, you'll have someone, uh, nev- you'll have Neville always commenting, man, you, this is me actually in the group chat earlier in the week, defending Neville because he's not as biased, but he, he seems to typically always be on Man United games. 
Carragher's always on Liverpool games. You see, you know, Jermaine Genus on Spurs games. Um, you know, pretty much you get it to an extent because that's, if, you, if you're a commentator, what game would you rather prefer? You'd rather talk about your team or talk about, you know, uh, a team lower down in the league. You want to talk about your one. But as a fan perspective, you're the team. Like, you know, we got Chelsea, Liverpool. It wasn't actually too bad on um, Sunday from my point of view, but just hearing Carragher uh, big up Liverpool when you're when you're playing them, it's just like, you can't be asked. He's not it's not biased. Yeah, it's, he's not, and you don't expect it if it you don't expect it to be biased because you can't. You're not gonna yeah. be. You're not gonna just you're just not gonna well, celebrate. Uh, your that's goal. the thing. Like you you look at it and it's like it's not fair on say the Manu Palace game. It's not fair on Palace fans that they're having to listen to like Neville the whole time. And like you've just said, it's not fair for Chelsea fans to listen to Carragher big up the whole time. It's Hmm. Yeah, I agree on so, so much, especially when it's like the big teams against the small teams. The big teams will always get talked about for the majority of it pre-match and post-match, and then what? Oh, yeah. And then uh, going with that as well is if the small team beats the big team, it will be how the big team didn't play well, exactly. not how well. The, and that's what. Yeah, it, it's so ridiculous. You can't. The small team can't have played badly as well for the big team to play bad. Like I mean, yeah, that, right. that man, you Crystal Palace game. Um, what was talked about after the game, the controversy, controversy which we talked about as well. To be fair, um, the defending of Lindelof and Maguire. Um, how about praise Palace for beating a top four club away from yeah, exactly. home? For what did they do? Would Zaha the key man? Enough. Think about how done. his two goals changed the game. Yeah. I'd be happy if you Neville, etc was a pundit after the game for the Man U game. Talk about it all you want then. But by the time we'd hit after the game, yeah. Neville had already discussed the penalty uh, and all of the controversy there for a solid 15, 20 minutes in the game. No one's then going to watch the after game analysis because Neville's just done the entire thing. Um, yes, I get that there's a commentator there, but if it was a non-biased commentator, they'd have gone over it for a minute or two and then gone on to the what was happening in the game, which I think is how it's meant to happen. Not Because it was it had gone against his team, he wasn't happy. He spent 10 minutes talking about it. I'm like, yeah, but we've just seen other stuff happen. Can can we talk about how that's going, how the game's going now? No, we'll just carry on listening to the same dribble for 10 minutes. I'm like, no. Yeah, I agree. And it's even worse as a Spurs fan, because I don't want to listen to Jermaine Genus at the best of times. And my final one, I feel like this is probably the more controversial one, the one that might not get trapped into oblivion at the at the two, uh, three you've seen. Um, and I guess to an extent, I'm not necessarily quite putting them exactly level, but hear me out. Having most of the time, international fans of clubs, um, be it you know, you know, obviously your 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 big clubs, your Chelsea, Spurs, Man City, etc., yeah. uh, all going to have and pretty much every Premier League team are going to have um, supporters from all over the world, all over the world. Um, but having, unless you're, unless you're based in, you know, you say with Chelsea's face, um, unless you're based in London, you're not a true fan of the club. Unless you go into the games, you're not a true fan. Whereas, you know, you're international and you even some, you even go to, you know, can't go from the US, go to England once a year, maybe and go try and get a game once every few years, etc. Um, but it, 
even those international fans who do that, who go watch Chelsea every single, or, you know, I'm just using Chelsea as an example, but their club every single game um, and treated, would do that and maybe even more than the uh, fan local to the club who'd be five minute drive away. I, so would, are, you sa- are you saying um, let people support who they want? They should be treated equally yeah. or at least at least very close to equal as someone who... So, um, let, let's say it's good that Matt's not here because um, that would be <laughs> yeah. a, like half an hour rant from him. Uh, I, I fully agree. Like You guys know me. Um, you could easily tell that I'm a massive Spurs fan. I've always been this way. It's so easy to tell. I didn't go to my first Spurs game until I was 17, 18. Um, in fact, actually, it's older than that. It was oh, the year. I... Obviously, you cut, you you live in Norfolk. Some people would say, "Oh, it's only two hours away." Yeah, I, I think it was actually about twenty twenty one when I first went to my my first like home Spurs game. I'm not counting one I went to at Carrow Road in Norwich because I was in the Norwich end that wasn't the same. Um, but like I'd got I've gone to probably double figure Norwich games. Uh, I'd never been to a Spurs game, but it was so it's so clear I'm a Spurs fan. Like you couldn't say I'm not a Spurs fan. That was. I like it would just really annoy me if yeah, someone do, just said that yeah. to me. I do agree. The the thing that will annoy me is that when people say how how many times have you gone to their stadium, and it's just like how many times? Stupid. Why can't you just I get ask maybe how many times you watch like, TV? There's another level of maybe having those where you've been a season ticket holder and you've been a season ticket holder for you know five, ten, fifteen, yeah, how yeah. many years, and you committed that time to club. I get that's you know, probably another level. But, you know, like in my sake as well, being a Chelsea fan, I go to two, three games a season, something like that. Um, how does that make me any different uh, level fan to someone yeah. in the US, Japan, exactly. who watches every single game on TV like pretty much I do? I watch every game, but I don't go to every game. You People got to remember as well, football ain't cheap. Like, I don't want to pay 60 quid to go no. see every game. No. I think, I think the problem that people have with... Um, like foreign supporters, is that I think they're generally stereotyped to change clubs depending on how successful clubs are at the time. Or players, like you look at Tottenham or, right now. Or players. Young Min Sun has brought in such you know a what? big base. As, yeah, do you know what, actually? Players I can kind of understand. But as, as clubs, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because the whole point of clubs is that you support them through thick and thin. Whereas players I can kind of understand that one i don't know if you would agree i, I don't know if it maybe maybe it's a level that you're into football as much as well i think that could affect the club matter because if you're if you just want to watch good football all of the time you're not going to what you're not really going to care for a bottom league team or a, a worse team you're going to want to watch the best all of the time no the thing actually think thinking about it what i think what it is is that when people support the players clubs so like they're going to watch a player they're pretty much going to watch a cele- their celebrity yeah, yeah. icon, really. That's what they're kind of there for. They're not worried about the rest of the team. Particularly if it's like not your like even if it's not your like main like sports following. Like you're trying exactly. to get into football. Like I know yeah. a lot of people. I know well not a lot of people. I know a couple of people who are essentially LeBron James fans because they've been you know fan of the Cavs and now they've been a fan of the Lakers the last few years just because he's there because 
you know, to be fair, being a Cavs fan, you don't want to be there about LeBron. They've been trash <laughs> ever since. But that's sort of the same thing of reversing that to maybe an American trying to get into um, football or soccer, as they might call it. Um, they'd have to call it football if they want to try and be a fan. But um, going from Dortmund to Chelsea because of Pulisic and wherever, yeah. if Pulisic yeah. ever moves, but, um, but I, follow him that, there. That's the thing as well. If you look at countries like, America, South Korea, again, I know I've said a few times, but they don't exactly have many great exports. They'll have the odd few. Um, so who can blame fans from there for supporting a team like that? I mean, you, you look at South Korea, who, who else do you really want to support that much in that team at the minute? Yeah, there's a few coming through, but there's one massive name in that team. Uh, yeah. and, well, you've yeah. got to think, when, when, when Park Ji Sung was, was the big name uh, in South Korea, there was, there was a lot of Man United well, I would say Man United supporters, Party Sun supporters at the time. So I think, um, yeah, I think I think uh, choosing based on your celebrity player in inverted commas, uh, then I think that's fine. If you're changing clubs, then no, been it. I think. I yeah, well, I you know, I think yeah. if you say you're a proper fan of a club and you then yeah. change it, like most Chelsea fans, um, been that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I'm singling, I'm singling out for this one the actual the international fans who yeah, are yeah, the yeah. fans yeah, of the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, so you're yeah. just on about fans that watch games regularly but get called that they're not fans. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, so, yeah. Just because, I, I, yeah, I agree with you there. So yeah, we so out my through playing to the whistle into oblivion. Yeah, send, send it. To oblivion. Yeah, send it. Bias commentary. Definitely yeah. send it. And yeah, international uh, fans not being yeah, treated yeah, the same. Yeah, been the international fans. Screw them. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Brexit means Brexit. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, no. I, um, we might have to throw you into oblivion uh, soon. But, I agree. We, well, <laughs> if you are, let me talk about how Gareth Bale is first. Um, no, uh, you. <laughs> send him. Send no, anyway, yeah, let's see. I got that's all free from me. We sent all my free. We sent all Lewis's free. Only sent two of James's, but it was the third one was close. Every player was boss, and the one that I'm mentioning now, Sadio Mane. I said it last time I was on it. He's the best football player in the world. <laughs> I don't know why people. Why he's laughing for? What, Chris, why are you laughing for? Why are you laughing for? I'm being serious. I'm being serious. No, you see, now nah, you see, I'm talking facts here. I don't do if buts and maybes. I do absolutes. And you know, like if your aunt's had balls, she'd be your uncle, but she doesn't, so she's not. You know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Predictions time. No correct scores again, but half us did correctly predict Liverpool to defeat Chelsea, with Lewis and James sitting happy at the top of the leaderboard hey, after two hey. weeks. Hey, hey. Despite a tasty fixture between Liverpool and Arsenal next Monday night, we decided against Liverpool not having that biased um, biased media for <laughs> once. Um, otherwise, that would be for the third week in a row. We're keeping it balanced. But we kept Arsenal with the Carabao Cup game Wednesday night against Leicester. Where do we see this one going, boys? Uh, um, uh, I think I'll have to go... It's a tough one. It's a really tough one. I think I'll go for Le. Do you know what? I'll go for Leicester. Um, I, I think they'll want again. They'll want to get a trophy. It's hard to tell because they're both reasonably even teams. By the way, but we'll go. We'll make sure this is in ninety minutes, so you can have a win, draw, 
or lose. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go for Leicester to win. I think I might even go for a draw. It's, it's tight between it. I'll go my score in a minute. What the hell, James? <laughs> it, it's a, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Uh, I'm gonna go for two one Arsenal. Yeah, that's what I had as well. Two one. Um, I just see Arsenal trying to push on this competition. I'm not saying they're necessarily gonna win it, but I think Arteta's on a bit of a roll at the minute. They keep the good form. Good form coming, even though Leicester have been all right themselves actually as well. So it will be quite a tight matchup. But again, Arsenal with their late goals, it's sort of coming back to their Wenger, Wenger days, and Arteta's trying to install that. So you, Bamian will pre celebrate his contract and his new skin fade with a um, <laughs> um, chip over the keeper for a two-one win. I, I James, what was the line you going? For? I think as you guys both went for Arsenal to win. I'm gonna go. I'll go only one goal difference. I'll go for one-one, uh, and I'll have the draw. Um, it's in ninety minutes. Whether it, I, I, I think it will go to extra time. Um, I, it's a tough one. I couldn't call it, so I think I'm gonna have to go for a draw. I think yeah, it also depends how Leicester are gonna play it, um, and uh, and Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal are gonna have better uh, depth to play necessarily, um, but. Without, if you're not going to play the likes of Jamie Vardy, um, give him like give him a rest, give Wolverine and Didi a rest, and etc. Um, they won't be able to compete as well with their if it was their first teams facing off against their their weaker second secondary teams. Very very true. But I, I mean Arsenal have the advantage. I think you look at Leicester. So not far, saying Arsenal Vardy actually, the actually hasn't and... been that good this season so far. Uh, I've watched the games. Yeah, he got two goals in the first game, but they were both penalties. Other than that, he's he's not he's not being that amazing. He made a good few good runs in the first game, but that's about it. I mean, Aubameyang's been reasonably similar. He's not been amazing. He's just done a few good runs and a good cross. But they both get goals. Yeah, they will eventually. So we'll see who he can himself out. But we'll see what Matt, Josh, and Keith have got to say about this. We we'll tried remind Keith before um, the games kicked off this week. <laughs> had to make sure he knows. We do still didn't get it right anyway. Um, has, has Josh got that's nothing that right so far? Oh no, he's got one point, isn't he? No, no, he he, predict, he correctly predicted Liverpool to win. He just didn't get the score, so he's on he's on one with me, Keith, and Matt. While you guys are on two points, <laughs> that's that for another episode. Thanks once again to James and Lewis for joining me today. Make sure to keep updated with the podcast and latest news by following our socials at playing.offside on Instagram and at playing underscore offside on Twitter. Any topics you feel like we should discuss, feel free to contact us on there as well. New episodes go live every Tuesday and we plan to launch a YouTube channel soon to launch clips from these episodes. Um, So keep an eye out for that. Thanks for listening and until next time, have a great week. Have a good one. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>